Children need fathers and mothers, but they need fathers to help understand what what a disciplined life looks like. Uh, We are to model that and we are to encourage it in our children by disciplining them, by showing them what what is the right way to go. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize Seize the the faith. Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. We're rolling into episode 71 tonight. 71 long episodes. You've hung with us. We're very thankful. Very thankful indeed. So thankful. So very thankful. We are as thankful as I am amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So long, so thankful. <laughs> Thank you, former possible current president. I don't know. <laughs> Is that a thing? It all depends um, on how you interpret the data, Justin. Uh, <laughs> oh, how many mules? I don't even know. So, uh, so we're going to. So many mules. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. <laughs> And we're banned. So uh, <laughs> tonight we're going to be covering some current events. They are uber current. Um, I do want to make a, a quick acknowledgement of uh, Memorial Day. I hope you celebrated Memorial Day. Um, I like to uh, encourage everyone to treat uh, veterans uh, as people that have seen and done things that you have not been forced to see or do because they did it. And uh, so if you see a veteran, uh, do remember that and, uh, and, and treat them with as much respect as you can. And uh, if they're there having dinner or lunch or getting ice cream or a drink, maybe uh, maybe tell them you're, you're grateful by, by taking care of them. I'd just like to throw that out there. We had an awesome time on Memorial Day, didn't we, Jesse? Very fun. I was very comfortable riding in style. Well, you were very sleepy, so you deserved to uh, drive the old float around. Yeah. Out at the uh, Glassboro Memorial Day Parade. <laughs> Army of Missio Day uh, Covenant family members handing out flyers and, and little soldiers for remembrance, and that was awesome. And hot. <laughs> it's very warm. <laughs> but we made it through, so I hope you celebrated uh, Memorial Day well, um, and we're thankful for those who have given a sacrifice for someone else much in the way Christ has redeemed us through his own sacrifice. Having said that, the current topics we're going to be talking about tonight are, uh, well, <clears throat> the shooting in Uvalde. We're going, to, we're going to be talking about that, doing a little bit of analysis from a biblical perspective. We're also going to be uh, jumping over to uh, Canada, the Great White North, where um, they're losing their uh, <clears throat> access to handguns, uh, right, which comes right before they lose their access to guns, and right before they lose their access to everything else. <laughs> well, they still have access to the foot guns, though. That's the what f- I want to know. The foot guns. You can't have everything. hand guns. It's right. not for a hand. It's got a toe trigger on it, um, <laughs> <laughs> which may come in handy after they lose all of their rights. So anyway, uh, we're on tonight with the one and only uh, Dan Sham- Dan Sams of the Roaring Shepherd. If you may know him, that's that's damn sit Dan Sams of the Underground Seminary. <laughs> you say his name I, properly I just say, once. I got something in my throat. This <laughs> is <laughs> Dan. Dan Sams. I'm glad to be on here. However, you say my name, it's, it's, it's a joy. <laughs> uh, we we absolutely love Dan Sams. We got connected with him uh, at G3, and it has been a joyous uh, connection. We got to be praying for him. Uh, as he w- took his journey into South America, where his church supports uh, ministry on the ground there. And uh, man, just the stuff, the stories we were getting, it was just amazing. So we're glad Dan Sams is here. Um, he is uh, he teaches online at Liberty University. If you've ever connected with, as we've told you to, why you haven't yet, we don't know why. But if you haven't looked at Underground Seminary yet, they have great content there too. So wake up, people. And all this while he is, you know, an, a father and a husband and uh and heavily involved in uh, in his church. And what else am I missing? 
Oh, finishing up, uh, working towards his PhD. I mean, geez, what doesn't this guy do? I've seen him do some woodworking as well. Ah, <gasps> uh, yeah. That was a wonderful video, a Dan. A beautiful video. A <laughs> little, little, little bit of that. Yeah, yeah. Good. somebody did a cool video of me. It's funny, though. You get somebody with, like, a really nice camera videoing you doing anything in woodworking, and it it automatically makes it look cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? fair enough. Automatically makes it look cool. Especially because I know I can't do it. So I'm like, wow, that's really cool. <laughs> I can't uh, do that. 30 minutes in my shop will teach you to do anything I did on that. Look, video. Dan, you keep promising to teach me a lot of different things. Okay. We should probably focus it in on one or two things here. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's probably true. Well, yeah. Well, and, but the woodworking would be one that the feds probably wouldn't come after us for. So. <laughs> Depends on what probably. we're working with. Well, I guess we're not going to talk about the other things Dan's offered to teach me. Uh, there's lots of ways to hide bodies. Anyway, we have, uh, Dan Sam's also, uh, does, uh, security, uh, for his church. And, uh, he is, he is, he is, one that we are looking forward to with uh, with an excellent knowledge of firearms tactics and even some ballistic uh, information. So we're looking forward to uh, kind of look at um, Uvalde through a lens um, that I, I personally, I'm just convicted that, that we have a, a growing and obvious, if it's not obvious yet, I don't know why it's not, but we have an obvious manhood issue in this country and it's absolutely disturbing this the uvalde shooting highlights it on almost every level uh that we are experiencing dysfunction in masculinity uh so i'm looking forward to this discussion and uh uh, nobody i'd rather have it with than dan sam's Cinnamon is mutual, 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 <laughs> brothers. Man, you're, you're it's you're contagious. It's, it's, it's contagious. <laughs> I feel like I need to start talking with some type of impediment. Oh, my just to goodness. fit in. <laughs> so, anyway, uh, <clears throat> to kick us off, um, I'm going to try to do a brief timeline and I'm going to be very brief because there are so many people talking about you all day and they're doing minute by minute breakdowns that you can access information on a clear timeline through any number of media sources. Uh, and let's be honest, I wasn't there, so we're only have, we only have this information as it's being released as far as a timeline. So anything that was updated beyond the moment from which we were recording, uh, please take the update and uh, ignore what I'm saying. Um, the, the long and short of it is uh, there was an a active shooter situation uh, at the school in Uvalde, and, and it occurred before then. There was uh, a shooting across the street, uh, at a funeral home, uh, there was then sh- fire gunfire exchanged in the parking lot of the school, uh, and this led to um, what was uh, nearly 75 minutes standoff with a barricaded live shooter in a classroom, and it claimed the lives of at least 19 children um, and and a teacher as well as he also tried to shoot and kill his grandmother. Uh, there are it is a, a tremendous tragedy, and uh, there's no overlooking the the amount of tragedy that it is. So one of the things we would encourage you to do is to reach out um, and look for ways to minister to churches in that community. Uh, churches need support so that they can support a grieving and hurting uh, um, family members and community that is that has suffered a great tragedy. Uh, but one of the things that we can do as Christians is be reminded uh, that God is sovereign and that he has righteousness for us. And we can look at this through gospel lenses, gospel lenses through the Holy Spirit and God's word to to try to make sure we know what righteousness is for us when we face situations that are difficult. Um, so the big thing for me, and I know there's a, probably a lot. You know what? I'm not, I'm not even going to do that. Dan, what are some things that you, in, in kind of unpacking uh, the, the, the shooting that happened in Uvalde, that are kind of, have kind of got you either, maybe, they're, maybe you're just, you feel a little off with it, 
or, or maybe there was just some concern from your part, from your perspective that, that you're, that you've seen. Yeah. Well, first, just, just want to fully agree that this is an issue that isn't fixed by anything except the gospel. And so making it gospel centered, and it just, going to be in full agreement with brothers that um i think owen Strachan, uh, i never say his last name right by the way but he tweeted something like you want to see less shootings preach the gospel like mm-hmm. it sounds uh it sounds basic to everybody else but the reality is like gospel changes hearts um people quit loving death and they start loving god and loving life and so uh all that said fully in agreement brother um but yeah there are some things kind of strange about this um maybe the the biggest uh biggest thing for me uh has been just the fact that there was such an active movement to keep parents from getting in to to save their children uh we had u.s marshals arresting uh, arresting is probably not the right word but detaining uh parents uh the long-term wait um i think not the b showed that it's uh, the police station is four minutes from the school. It took him 15 minutes to get there. Uh, there was roughly 12 minutes of shooting outside. I think you had already mentioned. There's all these things that just don't add up. I mean, we could actually go on for a long time. All the things they they did a training for an active shooter uh, twice in the last 12 months. One, I think, just two months ago, and they went precisely against every piece of tactical doctrine, uh, like things that just don't make sense. The fact that the the border patrol agents that went in and actually, you know, ended the threat did so against orders. Like none of this makes any sense. Like just, I mean, the, the reality is the last time something got messed up this bad uh, that I can think of is uh, the pullout from Afghanistan. <laughs> and I'm like, mm. I mean, this is the last time anything got screwed up this bad. So it makes me think we're the same people involved. <laughs> uh, 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 I, I should. I, I went too far with that one, but it's, it just does make you question some things. So, yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely concerning. I feel like, yeah, I feel like Baymax from Bigger Six. I have some concerns. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. There's, <laughs> there's, <clears throat> there's this undertone, um, at just about every turn where I wish, um that there was someone there willing to that there was someone there willing to say this isn't righteous this is unrighteous we can't continue yeah. to 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 move in this unrighteousness with what is happening um i i do i think i think as a parent um i would rather have died trying to get in to save my child than than yeah. have, have wait been forced to to wait outside or acquiesce to the commands of someone while my child died inside. Uh, I, I don't, yeah. I don't know how my, my life is forfeit in the care of my family. Uh, that is what God's called me to do as a father. Um, so I don't, I, I, I see, and every video has got context and I understand those are the officers on a perimeter and there's officers inside the building. I, I'm not, I'm not foolish. I understand. I understand basic tactics at the same time, if the officers inside are not confronting the situation as they should, then I don't know how I would not be be called upon to lay my life down, yeah. even if I'm shot in the back by a police officer, because yeah. they have told me that what I'm seeking to do in righteousness is unrighteous. Right. I, I don't know how else. Yeah. I've I've tried to play it in my mind. I've, I don't, just don't know how else to, to think through that. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. <clears throat> well, and we know some parents did. Some parents... Uh, got around the barrier that there's there's uh some reports actually not the bee 
posted about it, uh, a guy that got in. Um, there, there was certainly some effort, but as we know, there were some that were just kind of standing around doing what the cops told them to do. And it's funny, it seems that that is becoming less and less wise these mm. days. Yes, absolutely. That is that is disconcerting, and and it's so. We we have several friends, fr- several uh, RCMPs from Canada, former RCMPs from Canada, mm-hmm. uh, uh, who, as we saw in Canada, following the orders of the police doesn't actually necessarily equal righteousness in any way. It yeah. actually could very much equal unrighteousness. So much so that we have we have friends that had to leave their posts in order to live in righteousness uh, mm, because them. they couldn't couldn't remain in unrighteousness. Mm. So that's a that's probably a hard word. Um, and and the real the I think the the true the the real the reality of the situation is I know so many uh, officers that are that are wise and and honoring and and seek to enact righteousness. Uh, as best they can. So this is certainly not a broad stroke. Um, I think it. I think it does, though, point us to wisdom. We must think wisely in these situations. We cannot simply mm-hmm. take verbote what someone who is in quote unquote authority over us saying is saying when there is righteousness that is objective on the table mm-hmm. that we must adhere to. Yeah, and I mean yeah. beyond that, especially since this is one of the the chosen stories to be nationally discussed and debated. Um, when the media is involved, there's always a spin, right? We we see these shifting, we see the we see the uh, the telescopic lens of the media shifting from thing to thing to thing. There's there is distracting tactics going on here. They're trying to tell us, they're trying to get us to think and feel and say things, um, and ignore other probably uh, important pieces of things that we need to be paying attention to. Um, we saw this happening. Um, in Canada as well, when they were, you know, dealing with a pandemic, pushing through the, the, um, uh, like the gender ideology speech laws and and stuff like that. There, there's there's heinous things at work when the public is distracted. And I just think that no one can come against someone when they just say you need to just have your eyes open and your head on a swivel. We have to be able to approach this world with a renewed mind, right, and engaging in these things. With with all of the biblical wisdom and and knowledge and understanding that we that we have being empowered by the Holy Spirit, um, even if people think that we're crazy. You know. mm. Well said, well said. So having that, with that on the table, I'm just going to throw it out to either of you guys. When you when you peel back when you peel back when you take a when you take a, a a big overview of what is of what went on here, what are some of the issues you see present? As far as as far as God has called men to act and be in this in this particular situation, because I think the I think it's a myriad of issues. Um, but are there any that stand out to either either of you guys um, offhand? Uh, the f- first one that I think of is Psalm eighty two four, where we're commanded to rescue the weak and needy people. Mm. And help them to escape the power of the wicked people. Mm. Uh, Proverbs twenty four eleven: Rescue captives, condemned to death, spare those staggering toward the slaughter. Um, and I would pair that with First Timothy five eight, where a man who doesn't provide for his family is worse than an infidel. Mm. And um, I would I would say, man, we're commanded to rescue people who are in danger. And I recognize we we can't rescue everybody, but it's a command. Mm. 
We forget that. Isn't it? Isn't it so crazy that I mean, at least in my mind, and perhaps this is more of a confession than a, than anything. But like, isn't it funny how how far off we put those ideas? Like that we like that we're not actually going to ever have to be the one interfacing with that. That it's a soldier somewhere else that's going to have to do that. That it's a police yeah. officer or a first responder that's going to have to interact with that. But ne- we're never going to really be the we've we've been so insulated in safety uh, that we never really think that we're going to have to be the ones to be the ones to actually stop evil from happening and stop harm from happening to other people. And so wow. often we're so ill-equipped, and then evil happens, and we have to figure out how to live with the aftermath. Rather than actually being the ones to to truly fend off that evil and protect the innocent people, uh, mm. it's crazy, right? It is. Which, by the way, it makes me think related to that whole isolation mindset. Um, uh, Colonel David Grossman's book on killing: uh, the psychological cost of learning to kill in war and society. Great book about what happens in our culture when we when we're when we're not thinking about how to use defensive measures and um yeah really really interesting book well that's interesting because i've always felt a little crazy and then today someone said exactly what i've always thought um and and maybe this is this i'm I'm hoping that as i say this is not unique to me because if this other guy said it i felt like it's unique to you no i just just wait wait for it wait for it you're weird as a man one of the things i constantly play in my mind Right. Are the emergency scenarios. Mm-hmm. What will I do in this situation? Right. If it's a fire in my house, how am I going to get to my kids? What do my kids? What have I told my kids to do? What do they need to do next? How do we treat like if someone comes to my house and is trying to uh, get to my children? What will be my words to them first before I have to kill them? Like what? What? Like I've always like I've contemplated situations. All right. I'm in. Uh, I, I remember thinking after the after the theater shooting that happened. In Colorado, I believe as well, is in 2013, and and it was oh man, there was a bunch of people wounded. I think at least a dozen killed. Um, and I remember there were there were bo- there were there were boys at the time. There were there were young men, and they were courageous young men that that protected their dates and got shot and killed, mm-hmm. but their dates lived. And I remember thinking like thinking through, all right, what am I going to do in that type of a situation? What do I do? If I'm, I remember thinking in college, what am I going to do in a college class if somebody starts acting a fool? What, what, what is, what is, what is available to me? And I was listening to a podcast today and they were, they were talking, he was, he's recounting that as a man, these are things that you think about because we're wired by God to think of these things as, as protectors. It's one of the roles God has created us to be. And we think in ways that have to pull us back to be passionate yet dispassionate. All right, I'm passionate about these people, about this situation. So I'm going to dispassionately think what are my, what is the scenario and how am I going to act in it? And I, I yep. look at these things and I'm thinking all of these men that are present, have they never, they, I know they have, they've been forced to because of their very profession to think about how you act dispassionately to save lives and and where was that in this? I mean, does that ever happen? Yeah. Do you guys? Does that happen to you guys? Am I weird? Is that not- all the time? No, I do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, also, I just thought it was my anxiety. <laughs> no, I, I I this might make us sound a little crazy, but like I I actually kind of enjoy thinking through scenarios. Like when I'm in a restaurant, I'm like, okay, if something goes down here, what would we do? Um, and I I can still carry most of the time, so I also like 
practice. Yeah, it must be in one of those free states. <laughs> it is. Uh, I practice. I actually have a Mantis X10 Elite, which I recommend. You can practice fast draw and and firing, and it will track your time and your accuracy from pulling from concealment. And so, um, I mean, I'm, I practice and I plan. And uh, I would say it makes you ready for circumstances. And I think it was the same thing. We, we practice for like, okay, let's say if I lost my job tomorrow, what do I do? Um, we think about defensive situations from a monetary perspective, from a, uh, from a, a safety perspective. It is a manly thing to do, and it's built into our role as providers and protectors. So not crazy at all, oh, good. Um, especially when I'm with my kids and I'm like, man, my pretty little kids, um, I'm like, and I, I've seen far too many things to know that like uh, taken is not exactly how it happens, but it happens, happened in a Mavericks game a few, like yeah, whatever, a couple oh of months goodness, ago. And I'm like, I'm, I'm, man, I'm watching for things. And, uh, and I'm like, church planting is stressful. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like, if a fool would give an opportunity for me to relieve some stress and actually take out a bad guy, like, come on. <laughs> oh, oh, yes, that's correct. Uh, church planting is stressful. I wish someone would act a fool so I could relieve my church planting stress. Like, you picked the wrong pastor. <laughs> Oh well, it does that. You know that that reminds me. Back in the Revolutionary War, when they used to preach sermons with two loaded muskets. You know, it was always a good practice yeah, to be ready. Um, yeah. And the reason there were two was for, to plan for those contingencies. That's yeah. correct. If you yes. have two, if you if you only yeah. have two two uh, what is it redundancies, you only only prepared for one time. You know, so. Yeah. Oh, and also, if you've ever fired a musket and realized it's not particularly reliable, <laughs> uh, yes, <laughs> and yes. you only get one shot anyway, it yes. takes you like five minutes to load the next one. So. Wait, yeah. just wait one second. There's a reason why they stood in lines and <laughs> shot at each other. The only benefit was it was going to take the other guy a long time to reload, too. <laughs> And you're just oh, racing man. the clock at that point. <laughs> yeah, you, you end up not getting shot by the guy directly in front of you. It's like some guy, three or four guys down that accidentally shot. He shot a curveball. Then... <laughs> it's a curveball. Um, anyway, well, I, I think one of the other, I think one of the other issues or, or problems, you know, I think, I think, you, I think it was the original question posed, right? Is what, what can we see that went wrong here? And I, I think. Uh, you know, and it's, it's it's been echoed by a lot of conservative pundits uh, recently, but I don't want to under, I don't think we can possibly overemphasize the role of fathers and fatherhood uh, mm-hmm. in the lives of literally every human being <laughs> ever. I mean, yeah. So, like, I mean, not just from not just from uh, you know the perspective of of the shooter who was uh, clearly um, not a terribly healthy individual. Uh, doesn't have a terribly good background, um, seemed to be doing okay, and then something snapped and was like killing cats and, and all sorts of craziness. Um, but yes, that video came out. That was a, that's a great still shot of him holding a bag of bloodied cats. That's probably not oh, a, not a it's not a red flag or anything. Yeah, no Man. no big deal. But um, but but seriously, I mean the the role of fatherhood. People are like, oh well, you know, you know. You can never know if you, you you know you're discipling your kids and they go wayward. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the presence of a man to help steer a child in the direction in which he should go. Um, mm-hmm. You know, even even bad fathers are better than no fathers, um, it, honestly. And and when we see a void left by manliness and manhood um, in the lives of particularly children, we get these types of troubled results. 
It's true. Uh, and, and anything other than that is a is a wonderful, beautiful act of grace of God <clears throat> because it is certainly typically the norm because because that's how God set the world up to work um, mm-hmm. is 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 this kind of uh, I mean, to, to use a trigger word, this patriarchal type um, way that the world has been set in order. Children need fathers and mothers, but they need fathers to help understand what what a disciplined life looks like. Uh, we are to model that, and we are to encourage it in our children by disciplining them and by showing them what is what is the right way to go. Um, and if not, <clears throat> I think it was oh man, to use another trigger word. You ready for this one? I, I believe Mark Driscoll uh, forever ago <laughs> uh, referenced uh, the the idea that, uh, or at least I heard it from him that that men or that boys boys either uh, build up and are and are put to good use or they destroy like like those are yeah. the two those are the two it's kinds the of other. boys and so yeah. and so our goal is to is to raise men that that build uh and not destroy um and are you so, trying to trigger me with someone who said something true and biblical or <laughs> uh oh <laughs> you, know, you know what this makes me think of is that the evangelifish culture has been pushing for an egalitarian mindset where uh, women are pastors and women are this and, and men are asked to be something other than patriarchal, which patriarchal is biblical. And then when we have an incident like this and the men do exactly what men aren't supposed to do. And um, it, it's like, well, we're, we're, we're trying, it seems like we're actively trying to keep men from acting like men. And then when we need them to act like men. We're, we're confused as to why they didn't. Right. And um, I don't know if I've ever read, and I, I haven't read it from a reformed perspective, but years ago I read the book Fully Alive by Larry Crabb, where he talks about the, the biblical description for a, for a man is someone who moves in with good strength. Mm. And the idea that like there is risk involved, like the man is supposed to be the protector. He's supposed to be the provider. He's supposed to do these things that involve risk. And so dependence on the Lord is critical. And um, I think he's accurate on that. And so what was needed in this situation, but men to move in with good strength. Um, someone eventually did, by the way, against orders. Um, but yeah, we were, we were lacking in manliness. Like everything, the perpetrator and and even the guys who were supposed to stop him, everybody was lacking in true masculine uh, manliness. Yeah, that's a good and, word for uh, Mr. Krabs there. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Great, Mr. Krabs. <laughs> There's a SpongeBob reference for you. I feel like out. if Larry Crab releases another book, it should have you know the cra- the Krabby Patty on the front, the Krabby Patty <laughs> on the front, the Krusty Krab. That's a shout out to Christine. We know you like the SpongeBob references. <laughs> Uh, this this uh, takes me to the the word that that is kind of synonymous with masculinity in the scripture um, from uh, I'll, I'll be in first Corinthians uh, chapter 16 and I'm going to start reading in verse 13 and then I'll I'll, I'll get to the, the word that's in important um, it says well it's all important it's all important that's how, yeah let me not undersell the scripture <laughs> <laughs> First uh, Corinthians 16, start at verse 13. Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave or courageous, be strong. Let all that you do be done with love. These words, and I'm reading, that, that came out of the New King James Version, which is why it sound, it'll sound different than, I don't know why I'm in that version. It's okay. I have a lot of versions. <laughs> yeah, um, Where did that come <laughs> from? That come from? Um, no offense to y'all, you NKJVers. The, the specific terms here of be courageous and be strong, these, are, these, these terms are literally translated as acting like men. 
in other translations yeah. because the words are synonymous with masculinity. And when we lack courage, we will lack all other virtues. All other virtues stem from courageous. If you're not going to be courageous, you will be unable to enact the other biblical virtues. Um, and and that that was severely lacking. Uh, someone to be courageous enough, and this is where this is where the rubber meets the road for Christians in our daily life. There will be times when we have to be create, courageous enough to stand up to an authority figure that is telling us to act unrighteously, to, to do something that is not the righteous thing to do. The courageous thing is to say, no, in Christ, I will do what is righteous, right? Uh, uh, consequences, you know, are, are of no, no factor here because the eternal consequences are what matters. Yep. If, if, you're, if you've been called to righteousness by Christ— then to be courageous in those moments is is to actually enact the righteousness of God. It's why yeah. we it's why we open our churches when the when the government says not to, right? It's it's why we have the right to self defense when the government says we don't. It's why these things are the, the whole idea, and this is why it's really, really well, when we get to it later. It really sucks for Canada. Like the, these things are foundational. They weren't given to us by government, and that's what our founders knew. These are mm-hmm. God-ordained rights. These things come, they supersede. The government's only job was to acknowledge and protect them. That was it. It was to yeah. acknowledge them as, as the rights that God has given us. And, and it all stems from being courageous. You have to be courageous to do any of those righteous things. If yeah. you're not going to be courageous, then you are acting in an unmasculine way. And that's, yeah. that, that's what we saw evidenced all over. But you, you talked about the, the shooter and the fatherlessness. And it's one of the things that really bothered me because... Does it grind your gears? It, it as as I as I like to say, it gets stuck in my crawl, and you don't like that, but it's a real phrase. <laughs> no, it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> That's a real phrase. Um, <laughs> but but like Where like is Owen's that? Where Owen's is the Owen, crawl. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I only know it from a Carmen song. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! There's throwback, throwback Thursday. Um, Owen Strand says, "If you if you want if you want these things to stop, preach the gospel, and he's absolutely right. But the real the the big reality is, is fatherlessness is present here, right, big time. And and if if you would if you would like to see school shootings stop, then then train your children in in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and stop raising them in unrighteousness. You cannot be surprised when you sit a child down and let their life be defined by social media that they don't that they wouldn't act this way. You cannot be surprised that the maturation rate of girls is growing exponentially younger when they're raised on TikTok. They're raised doing things that are are sexual and adult in nature. You cannot be surprised when when we when we cut children off from every meaningful personal and intimate relationship that they need to have that they would then not not snap and find that meaning somewhere else and start shooting people why there shouldn't be as this shouldn't be surprising to us it's about as mundane as as breathing that's what happens when we live out and train we're training them in unrighteousness we're we're honing in their skills to be unrighteous there's no responsibility or accountability, and these are all biblical principles that we are called to do as parents. And and we act like it's probably the gun. The gun was the thing that was the problem. Like my gosh, there are so many like primary issues that we are just missing in this situation. Yeah. Well, think about part of manliness is taking responsibility, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. and what's fundamental in into the we'll just say to the left to be broad in this debate is to take responsibility from everyone. Um, and, and so they'll blame an, uh, an object 
they won't implement uh, systems that we know are helpful, right? We, I mean, killers pick soft targets. And so a gun-free zone is a soft target. And um, so we know that like, I mean, heck, we could take a fraction of what we sent to uh, Ukraine, which by the way, was to arm citizens in some cases, right? A <laughs> uh, fraction of that. And, um, and, and, and I'm not advocating for this specific thing, by the way, but even if all they did is say, all right, we're going to, we're going to pay some armed vets to, to guard schools. I'm not advocating for that, by the way, but like, there's a whole lot of things that would be a whole lot better than what we've been doing. Um, and yet they double down on let's, let's blame a gun. Let's blame a political ideology rather than, you know, there's right. And there's wrong. Somebody chose wrong. And um, yeah, that's, yeah. on my mind a lot responsibility is manly and they don't like manliness but they don't like res- and they definitely hate responsibility certainly, mm. certainly. i mean even to me i mean i don't want to sound insensitive uh but i i do want to at least communicate this like p- part of this <clears throat> i think i think that we have a problem with just calling wickedness just flat out wickedness right we know romans one we know how depraved the human mind is when it lacks the 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 common grace restraint uh, and our con- and their conscience is so seared, right? We we know the wickedness there. I understand mental illness. I see it all the time in my hospital. I, I'm an ER nurse. I, I I am on the front line of mental health. <laughs> I'm the first stop. <laughs> but but at some point we have to just call wickedness wickedness. This was a wicked act, purported yeah. by not a righteous man, yeah. by a by a wicked man doing wicked things. Um, and and we we must be able to call a spade a spade regardless of the circumstances. Um, and, and again, it's mental health is is an easier target, but because we can we can soften that a bit, and we can be empathetic with that a bit. But we should not be empathetic with evil, and we should certainly not be empathetic with evil perpetrated against children um, on, on a mass scale like this. Just, it is just pure evil and wickedness, and it is the condition of the human heart on full display yeah. is what we saw in Uvalde. Yeah. I mean, you want to talk yeah. about mental health. The reality of it is, is if we, if there's personal and, and intimate and, and tangible relationship for this young man, um, there's someone identifying these markers ahead of time. There's someone addressing these issues on a relational level that didn't exist for him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we didn't, we didn't, we didn't create we don't we don't we do not create the environment where we actually prioritize that as anything important we incentivize rather the the lack of of a father in a home we incentivize um um the 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 lack of leadership role a, a father is to play in the life of a child we've we've taken those things away we, there's again it's not surprising this yeah. is sad and tragic but not surprising yeah Thomas Sowell actually addresses that that very thing related to um, oh and I forget which book it's in it might be in uh, oh white liberals and black rednecks which is an interesting book um, could also be in basic economics but he talks about we actually incentivize fatherlessness when we when we quit asking women who were on welfare with childs uh, with kids to identify the father and um, so talk about responsibility he was off the hook she got more money. Um, there was a, a whole mess that happened in that. He can he can point out to here is where society right. started to take a nosedive. 
Yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's fun. It's not funny because what one of the one of the <laughs> it is ironic. One of the ironic yeah. tropes from the the abortion left is like, oh well, you you want women to keep the kids? Well, make the man responsible. And we're like, yes, just yeah, put hundred percent on. It's called marriage. It's this wonderful thing God designed for humanity. Yeah. Like. Like, thank you. Like, what do you, what do you think? What do you think? We're against that? <laughs> you think yeah. we don't like that idea? That's that's the it, idea. It does give you <laughs> an, an indication of how lacking in awareness uh, <laughs> that movement is. They, they don't even know what our position is. We know their position quite well. Yeah. Um, and also, just think of the irony. I think I think you had said something about how quickly the news changes. I wonder if there should be a practice for believers that as soon as there's a big news thing. We should look at what was happening the week before, what was getting attention a week before, and and who was it benefiting? Uh, because think about just, I mean, a couple, not even a week ago, uh, people are protesting outside of Supreme Court justices' houses because they want to be able to murder children. Mm. And so now this happens, and now all of a sudden they're for protecting children? Like, what changed like what and also what is the standard that you're going by here and the reality is that um they they do not have a consistent standard other than uh their desire to suppress the truth and their unrighteousness Mm -hmm. and uh, anything that does that they seem to like it boy is that true anything that feeds their subjective uh truth it's all about their subjective truth and not about the objective source of truth god always and every time um, yeah. I, I definitely am. I think the other picture of, of masculinity, and this is uh, obviously we've hit a lot of the, the glaring lack of masculinity in this, but there cannot be enough said about the off duty border patrol agent getting a haircut, finding out that, that, that school is under attack, borrowing his barber's shotgun and going to the scene, right? Yeah. There cannot be enough said uh, about the the incredible amount of correct masculine response in that yeah, to right. immediately flee the man ha- was off duty he had he had he did not have a dog in that fight to immediately cease right from what was essentially a moment of rest right a throw on his hat grab his friend's gun right the evil yeah. gun right the evil horrible gun and and run into danger Right. To to join up with with fellow fellow Bortag agents and and end what was what was going on. You know, it, there's 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 a there's the stark contrast right there. The only sad part is because he was off duty, <laughs> it took that long for him to be made aware. It took that long for him to be made aware to get into the situation. It, it's just sad that it didn't hit a man. It, it, it took so long to actually hit a real man. That was yeah. going to do what was necessary to end the situation. Yeah, man, man, lots of takeaways here. Seeing his, seeing the picture of his hat with that graze that he got to the head is just the hat's got a big old hole in it. I don't know if you got to see that his his baseball cap that he threw I on. I've not the seen that. Um, but yeah, yeah he, why didn't you send me that picture? Because it's like I'm getting a haircut. I need a hat on. I just need a, only half done. It's like I need to throw a hat on because this is. <laughs> I'll, oh, be, I'll be back, Marv. I just got to uh, do like, this thing real quick. Well, it took off the hair on the other side. <laughs> could you? Do you think you could hide this scar? Is there anything we could do about this? <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, that, but that—that that is yeah. heroism. That is courage. That is heroism. Heroism. Oh, 
Because he was getting a haircut. haircut. Oh, <laughs> Didn't even pick up on oh it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I um, didn't get it either. It took me a second. Th- thanks, Dan. I feel better. Um, oh. the, the heroism that he, he showed in those moments, the courage, the, the accepting of a responsibility. Again, and here's the reality of it. That was not even his. That is yeah. what masculinity uh, is. This is this is the reality. This is the the contrast is Adam in the garden, right? He's put in the garden to tend and keep the garden. He has been told the the commands of the Lord, and as soon as Satan's there talking to Eve, and he is with her. Let's not forget the Bible says Adam who was with her, right? Yeah. He should have been fighting Satan out of the garden. The serpent should have been thrown from the garden at the hand of Adam. That's yeah. what Adam should have done. But but that's yeah. cowardice. He didn't take responsibility for Eve, who was who was under his purview. Yes, Eve Eve yeah. committed the action. He she was under Adam's responsibility, and and yeah. here we have a man who did what a man's supposed to do. He took responsibility for things that weren't even his responsibility, because it was the courageous and correct thing to do. It was the righteous response. So yeah, buddy. And that's and honestly, let's be honest, like that's the type of man that we're going to tell our children about. Right. That's correct. Um, You know, that's that's the type of man that we're going to have our children emulate. Um, It's none of these other cowardly people uh, or wicked people. It's it's the, the courageous man, the one courageous man that stood up and did something. Uh, with a gun, by the way. Um, yeah. To protect that life, to do the biblical mandates, those innate mandates that God has imbued in us in some type of Imago Dei, yeah. uh, general grace, general revelation way. So, but Is it the Doug Wilson quote where it says desperate times call for uh, courageous men and not for careful men? And it says something like the careful men show up later and write the biographies of the, the courageous of men. The, of the courageous men. <laughs> that's correct. And um, I think that's... Uh, Man, that's that's good. I'm not sure that's Doug Wilson, uh, but it might be. I mean, it boy, like it, it does sound. It does like sound D-dub. like Doug. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like sounds like D Dub. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't even know how you transition away from this story because there's just so much good points. I think we've we do, have done a good job bringing that one out, though. We did bring some good <laughs> some good points yes. on that one. <laughs> the floor is wet with insight. Oh no! Can I, can I just point something out that's not insight? But as a guy who markets guns, has been uh, bugging me about this thing. Please it, do. It might be a good transition. To the next thing. Let me just tell you that like when we market guns, when people come into the gun store, I talk to the guys that sell guns at the gun store all the time. A first time gun buyer usually buys either the crappiest or the most basic gun, right? Like it's like a whole thing. Somebody goes in and they're like, this gun's $150. I'll buy This will be my first gun. And it's like, oh, dude, don't buy that gun, right? <laughs> it says yeet cannon on the side. <laughs> That's a real gun. <laughs> I'm like, don't, don't buy yeet cannon. The Actually, picture- I the picture of the guy on the box is holding it sideways and he's like, yeah. okay, anyway, go yeah, ahead. it's like, so there's a reason, by the way, that when you go into like a Cabela's or a big box store that has guns, the walls are lined with really basic guns, not bad guns, but basic guns. Like, and usually if they're AR-15s, it's going to be a Smith & Wesson M&P 15 or a Ruger 5.56 and nothing against those guns. They're quality, they're basic, but they're just basic mil-spec AR-15s. But people go in and they're like, this gun's $500 or 600 or whatever. This is what I'm buying. And it does the job fine. If you're in the market, I actually recommend the Smith & Wesson M&P 15 for a, a budget AR. I want to know how a first-time gun buyer, 18-year-old kid, 
no, no real gun experience, goes in and buys swanky Daniel Defense rifles, two of them, spends $4,000. It's just hmm. an anomaly to me. Like, we don't have that. Like, normally, a guy comes in and he buys his first crappy gun. And then after a little while, and he's at the range with like the cool shooters with the Gucci guns, he comes back a little while longer and he's like, ah, I think I want to get this gun. And so I'm going to save up for a little while. Nobody, I have not known any, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't say nobody, but like, I've not known anybody that went in and bought like top of the line Daniel defense gun as their first gun, hmm. let alone two of them. Like, I'm just going to acknowledge that's a weird thing to happen. It's one of those things we should just say, this is odd. It's one of those things that makes us say, hmm, hmm, strange. And then I'm like, why did he get in a wreck on the way and leave one of them in the car? That's weird. It's just weird. Just hmm. things that are just very, very strange. So, yeah. <laughs> well, things that make you, you should make you say, like, they, they who, make, who is he talking to? They make you say, hmm. Yeah. Well, anything we can do to point away from the uh, white supremacist that's shooting in a major, you know, metropolitan area in a school in a school free zone, whose manifesto specifically says he chose it because he knew no one would have guns, right at the at the grocery store, right? Is it Chicago? Was that where that was? Am I messing that up? That was Buffalo, right? Buffalo, Buffalo. Was Buffalo? That was in New York. Buffalo, sorry, Buffalo, New York. Over up by Not John in Illinois. Yep. Yeah, so he's he's in Buffalo. He he picks a place where he knows that New York's got gun limits on their on their magazine capacities. He knows that they no one's going to be carrying. He said he he chose it specifically because he knew he had very limited uh, ability to be stopped. This is safe for me to be dangerous. Yeah, yeah, I can go in here and kill people, and no one's going to stop me. That was his literal. And, that's literally what he said. <laughs> yeah, and then doesn't it make it strange then that the guy who perpetrates a shooting in Texas of all places? manages to shoot around outside with no response yeah the place where everyone's no supposed response. to have guns yeah it, it, very, all of this is very very strange like we should all just kind of point to this and be like this is strange something doesn't add up it's like thousands of votes coming in at four o'clock in the morning it's just strange yes it's it's a very i see the more graph. than once there seems yeah. to be a large spike in the graph here what happened? yeah it's 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 just strange. We like should we, we should, should be considering. Yeah, <laughs> things well, that somebody make you go, should hmm. look into that. Yeah. Oh, uh, there's a lot of people looking into some stuff right now, and it is not looking good for a lot of people out there. I uh, I do hope, I, and this is where this is where I was going to say. What, I is that, ne- what does that mean? I never hope. There's there's a lot of eyeballs on the horrible situation that went on in New Orleans. That's all I'm oh, saying. Oh, yeah. Um, what? <laughs> um, although, did you did you see that as of um. So ABC, uh, ABC News released a story at 6.27 p.m. today, uh, and both the police department and the school district have stopped uh, cooperating with the Texas probe at the shooting. That's interesting. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of eyes on it, but all of a sudden, they don't want to uh, cooperate right now. Huh, go figure. Why. Well, it's very interesting. It's very interesting that the, the White House can be counted on to you know start investigating any any shooting that is politically advantageous for it, but they, yes. they said they're not going to be investigating, investigating this shooting. Why, why would oh, you not? Really? What? Yeah. That's, what, that's what, that's what, um, what, whatever the new lady is. John, oh, the new John, John, John Pierre. Or <laughs> that's not yeah. close enough. Whatever, it's whatever some she, French thing, whatever she said. Yeah. You know what? Um, now I got to look it up. She, yeah. Yes. Yeah, indicated that they'll not be investigating this, uh, as of right now. So, uh, could they later and maybe should they? Yeah, probably I would think so, but yeah. they may just find a bunch of 
I believe. As, as someone I know might I, have said, they may, may just find a in, bunch of feds in a van if they start investigating too hard. So I yeah. typed in new press secretary and it sent me to a Russian site with all these women on it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's Corinne Jean-Pierre. Well done. I Jean was Pierre. thinking right. Jean-Pierre. Oh my yeah. gosh. Oh, well, is, anyway, yeah. good old Corinne. She, yeah. she's done things now. Um, <laughs> As we transition, speaking of firearms, <laughs> she, yeah, I don't think she, <laughs> she's done. Things. Did you see the clip? <laughs> wait, wait, guys, before we transition, did you see the clip where Ducey asked her why why we're not funding uh, people who are crossing the border legally while we are funding people who are crossing the border illegally? He's like, why are we giving money to people crossing the border illegally? Like, why can't we start giving money? to people crossing legally is that is that on the white house agenda and she just looked at him so confused and she said wait why why would we give money to people crossing legally and he said why would we give money to people crossing illegally (laughs) uh she'll circle she'll have to circle back on that she was so serious she had no idea that's that is what a world we're in, man! It is ironic. Holy Peter Ducey looks around that room a lot. Like, is anybody else hearing what she's <laughs> what these people are saying? Am that, I the only one hearing what they're saying? That guy oh is gosh. an amazing, amazing man to be doing what he's doing. And uh, his voice is amazing as well. So, anyway, <laughs> uh, speaking of firearms in Canada, um, President Blackface has said that he will be. I'm sorry, uh, Prime Minister. Prime Blackface. Minister. Prime Minister. Back. Yeah, we get confused. Uh, World Economic Forum uh, figurehead blackface. Is that okay? Can we use that? Sure. Klaus Schwab stand-in? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Has said uh, that. Fidel Castro's son. Just as well. Fidel Castro's son? <laughs> Fidel oh. Castro's estranged son? I'll <laughs> uh, just say it. Um, yeah. Yes. Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has announced a move to implement a national freeze on the sale of handguns across Canada. In a bid to protect communities, Trudeau has announced a freeze on the ownership of handguns, saying that the move comes following recommendation from doctors. What do doctors what? have? And doctors? Law, and law enforcement experts. <laughs> Wait, the people we trusted with the COVID response? These guys? Yeah. <laughs> man, handguns are a deadly virus, man. Deadly virus. There's no vaccine against <laughs> No vaccine against handguns. You guys are laughing like... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. You tell me that... that an an epidemic of of mass shootings is not on the table. Tell me that an epidemic of oh, they've they've used that language. Right, we know right. they've so, used that language. So yeah. so these things are on the table. The yeah. the crazy part is in Trudeau in in Canada. <laughs> Trudeau thinks he has so much. He thinks he is a literal god that he thinks he can enact these things without without receiving any pushback. I mean, I know the Canadians are nice, but I also know a lot of Canadians and they tend to like their firearms. Like there's a lot of open of, space for like yeah, hunting and stuff. Yeah, and also a lot of like, you know, some people have polar bears in their backyard. I mean, like you need a weapon. Like it's kind of dangerous, mm-hmm. you know? There's lots of yeah. things that want to kill you in that place. You get one rabid penguin and your day's ruined. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, and moose, moose, are, moose are really big. I forgot about moose. Moose yeah, are huge, big. dude. Yeah, one of them <laughs> bulls getting mad at you, coming at you. That's crazy. What's what sound do they make? 
Oh, it's awful. It's got to be This all makes me think of the movie Canadian Bacon. Oh, my gosh. That's so old. Oh, it's (laughs) classic. It's a classic. Such a classic. I feel bad. There's all this anti-Canada propaganda that's going on. (laughs) And it's like maple syrup oozing down a map of North America. And the voiceover says, like, as the maple syrup oozes down the map, so (laughs) the evil of Canada infiltrates the United States. Which is really happening. It's ironic. (laughs) It's not that far off. It's ironic. Uh, It does make me feel sad that they don't have an actual constitution that that provides defense for the for the rights that god has created not not that man has created um but what we're seeing is the reality that if man has created the right then a man can take it away at any point and and that's Mm -hmm. that's a a big deal um so here's here's another thing i thought was ridiculous i'm sorry this is rebel this is rebel news reporting as a further I, i can't even sound effeminate enough to sound like Justin Trudeau. As a further part of this new legislation, we're also fighting gun smuggling and trafficking by increasing maximum criminal penalties and providing more tools for law enforcement to investigate firearm crimes. Like, okay, so if the criminals weren't deterred by, you know, it being criminal activity and all, what do you think is going to happen when you just say this is more of a criminal activity? Yeah. And be like, oh no, like, oh, stop da- now. Oh, my, I will listen now. I will stop <laughs> smuggling these guns in, sir. Said, said no criminal ever. <laughs> right. Uh, we'll require. We'll work. Escalated from mild criminality to major criminality. <laughs> oh boy, uh, it's too much for me, man. That's crossing the line. <laughs> I got to get out of this gun smuggling game. Oh man, Trudeau's really angry. We'll require. Side the- note: <laughs> We want to we want to support some church planting. I'm going to tell you, there's going to be money and gun smuggling to Canada. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. going to be a lot. Oh my gosh! Uh, he he also said, we'll- <laughs> "Polymer 80s, man, stick those polymer 80s right up oh my over gosh. that." You know, this is not. Curtain, this curtain. is simply hypothetical speech right now. We're speaking in Minecraft. Yes, in Minecraft. That's correct. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> he also said, we'll require the permanent alteration of long gun magazines so they can never hold more than five rounds. The, these are actions that doctors. <laughs> that, stop it. Experts <laughs> and chiefs. Of, wait, doctors and experts should be just synonymous. That's superfluous wording. And chiefs of police has been calling for for years and we're acting on their advice. I have not talked to a single police officer in my entire life that says they want less guns in the hands of legal citizens in their community. Yeah, because yeah, it turns out the criminals aren't going to be like, oh, wow, well, you know what? I shot my five rounds out of my illegal handgun. I, I probably should stop now. <laughs> like, no, that's <laughs> not how it works. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Good times. Uh, well, the, the real point here is that this is the first step, uh, lim- li- limiting uh, the ability of your citizenry to arm itself, is the first step uh, in the totalitarian handbook. Um, so uh, th- this is a limiting of handguns, um, and it's it's not. this is not a slippery slope fallacy here. This has been done throughout history. Yep. It is the limiting of guns and or munition. Uh, and and the next step is the banning of certain guns and ammunition, and the next step is the banning of all guns and ammunition. That is exactly how it goes. This is not this is not a fallacy. This is ha- history in practice. Uh, so so <laughs> I don't know I don't know how to kindly treat this level of totalitarianism. I don't know how to try to. I don't even know how to encourage the people that live it. It's so disgusting to, to me that I don't yeah. know 
what kind of encouragement to say because we're in this time where our culture has been so influenced and this is this is this is the big this is my biggest bible like realization over the over the past five years it's really just been impressed upon me oh i'm ready for this we have been so conditioned into our own human understanding of kindness uh, as a virtue that we have completely forgotten the holiness of God. The reason people want to take out the Old Testament is because God's holiness is offensive to our sensibilities of mankindness. And, and I don't, this is where, this is where it gets hard for me. I don't know at what point I have to look at my Canadian brothers and sisters and say, at some point, you're going to have to acknowledge a line in the sand where you're willing to actually give your life for the sake of the generations to come that are, that are behind you. Yeah. Or you're going to have to move. Those are your options. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, or pray for an Ehud. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> but I think that goes with the thing you were talking about before. Yeah. Absolutely. Get, where's Jehu? Yeah. Where's Jehu standing up and 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 cast, and and running out the 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 Baal worshippers? Like someone's got to yeah. like like he's got to you know you look up and 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 there, and there she is. There's Jezebel and and he looks up and says, "Who's with me?" You know, and, and this thing yeah. gets to look from those two guys and he's like, "Throw her down!" Right? Like, <laughs> where's Jehu? Where's the Jehu? Someone's someone. There is a holiness to God that we are ignoring because. The call to holiness sometimes looks incredibly unkind to our sensibilities. Yes. And, yeah. and I don't know how to encourage them further. Yeah. That's my heart. That's the hard part. I feel you on that, brother. Um, I, 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 w- I keep going back to the we have not taught enough about the, the kingship of Christ. <clears throat> and uh, and I, I recognize that that's an issue. Uh, but, man, for our brothers who get it that are up there that like they're with them. understand Jesus is King. Justin Trudeau is not. Um, but man, the, the momentary reality is a painful one right. for our brothers and sisters. Right. And we're watching, as you were talking about just the watching history and, and recognizing, well, this is, we're on like step five and uh, step 10 is a really bad one. Yeah. And, and it's going to keep getting worse in between. And, and we're counting by twos. <laughs> yeah. We're on step five, <laughs> man. We're skipping step 10, yeah, 10 no and going joke. to 11. I think, I think is, I think that there's, okay. No, you go ahead. No, you go, man. I'm sorry. not going. I'm not going. I'm, I'm sorry. All right. I, I was going to say the line in the sand thing that you said, that there's a need to understand, like, this is where we would make whatever move we're going to make. And, and I think that that goes back to your earlier thing as men, we're supposed to think like, okay, what are these scenarios and what would I do in this scenario? And there's going to need to be here in the U.S. as, as well uh, above the maple curtain. Uh, there's needs to be some thinking about like, what is the line in the sand where we, we say no further. And um, I think, I think we don't have enough people thinking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, we need more of them thinking about that because if you don't know where the line is, well, then you're not going to make a stand. Yeah. No, to- totally agree. Um, I, I, <laughs> I saw, I saw on a social media site that that will not be named. Uh, it is uh-huh. it is anathema. But uh, a Ronald Reagan quote: uh, <laughs> he, he, It says, uh, "Under no pretext should arms and ammunition be surrendered. Any attempt to disarm the people must be stopped by force if necessary." 
Now, whether or not Ronald Reagan actually said that, I did not fact check. But I mean, yeah. the guy had a, a bit of a spine, so I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. But oh, you mean the guy that got shot and was uh, up waving to people from his hospital room the next day, who literally uh, a month later at, at, a, at a at a at a speech in Berlin, a balloon goes off and uh, and it sounds like a gunshot, and he stops his speech mid mid sentence and says. Missed me. Missed me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, that that guy, that BA guy, yeah, <laughs> who said the most scary, oh. uh, scary seven words in English language are, "I'm hot, hello, I'm from the government, I'm here to help you." <laughs> right. Uh, although with with you a hundred, although the dude did enact the FFL. Yeah. Like, no. Dude, no. You, all the other good things you were doing, and then you take away our machine guns. Well, I mean, um, let's. I mean, let's. That's not the only bad thing. The guy had. Yeah, I'm not saying the guy was perfect. The guy definitely had yeah. some policy but, issues. But he had some really cool stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> he got. Uh, he got a lot of it, and then there was some other things where. Man, it didn't go. It just, things just didn't go well. There was some lots of proxy war stuff that did was really bad. You know, yeah. Contra. This is some stuff. It's just it's life, just, though. Yeah. You know. Nobody's perfect. Look, here's here's the reality. Nobody's perfect. When someone says something true, I want to applaud it. And the reality, right on. And and there there is a reality. And I I want I want. I guess I guess it does go back, really, to to reminding the the men and women of Canada that are going to be in Christ, to be considering what is that line, at what point do you say I'm going to serve my sovereign God here? You may not fill in the blank. You cannot come and take my children. I will die over this. This is where I will not 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 like I'm I'm figuratively dying on this hill. I'm going to die on this hill. Like yeah. what what is that line? Because I got to tell you what you're gonna. And here's the reality: the reason they take away your weapons is because then they can take your kids. They, they they can take all of you. There is nothing of you they can't take if you cannot stop yeah. them. That's why yeah. they take the weapons. Well, I think you're you're hitting on where the line needs to be, and I think we can make a biblical case for it. You think of like Luke eleven twenty one when it says, "When a strong man, fully armed, guards his own mansion, his property is safe." Mm-hmm. We have all of this language of um, even in the law uh, in Exodus twenty two, and it talks about uh, defending your home. You're not guilty of murder if you use lethal force to stop someone coming into your home at night. Like there's there's a there's a lot of language for this, and. Uh, I was in a discussion with some 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 of the choir boys uh, the other day, and we were talking about that's the line. Like the line is, are are they coming to my home uh, to take my family or to take things that are essential for our well being? I think that's a pretty good line um, for that. Like literally, we'll die on this hill, and um, yeah, because it's like you know. They come for my guns and that would really stink like individually, but like, I mean, like we, we got people, <laughs> right? <laughs> so I'm like, sure, officer, this one gun that I have registered to my name, darn it. You're going to take my 22 that I hunt squirrels with. You found um, the one that I have. <laughs> this is the only gun that I have. <laughs> and um, in Minecraft, yeah, that, <laughs> okay. in Minecraft, hypothetically. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> The uh, yeah, in that kind of a situation, I'm like, okay, I'm I'm not gonna die over that, but um, man, I I, I would I would I, it's, and well, I guess the big issue is what am I gonna make someone else die over? Because um, what I'm willing to die over, what am I wanna, willing to make sure someone else dies over? And I know that sounds morbid, but like, it's kind of what we're talking about here. And for my kids, yep, um, 
that's that's a line for me. A hundred percent. It's a hundred percent a here. line. Yeah. Um, as Christian men, it, it, it's funny because literally the chapter later in, in Luke twenty two after after Luke twenty one with this clear obvious picture of a strong man that defends his property is his property is safe like this obvious picture of of a man in defensive posture. Jesus then reminds them in Luke twenty two thirty five through thirty eight. Right, he says the last time I sent you out, I sent you out with nothing, and and did you lack? And they say no. He's like no, and that that's because the point of him sending them out with nothing was for them to be supported through the truth of the gospel going forward, through the truth of being disciples of Christ. But he says, this time I'm sending you out, you need to take your 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 money, your purse, you need to take your money, you need to, you need to take your stuff, and if you don't have a sword, you need to sell your, sell your cloak and go out and buy a sword. Because the time that's coming now is a time where you will need to be able to defend yourself because everyone will hate you. Yeah. What you're going to do, the things you're going to have to tell people about sin and, and the need for salvation and the need about making God sovereign over your life instead of yourself. No one, no one wants to hear that in their sin. And and you're going to need something to defend yourself. And and that's, that, that is a reality that Christ is trying to impress upon his disciples. Don't be ignorant that, that you will, you will not be in need of defense. And, and I think, uh, <laughs> I just think we, we tend to, we tend to underplay this reality that, Paul is constantly using militant language, and I love because I've, I've had the conversations with people I know on social media. Uh, like it's not, it doesn't mean that. Doesn't mean that. I'm like, okay, it says soldier. It says fight. What do you mean? It doesn't mean that. What are you? What are you picking up from these passages? It's the Lord of Hosts, for goodness' uh, sake. Uh, what do you, do you do? You think host is like a choir? Because it's actually an army. Like I don't understand <laughs> what we're talking about here. Like we, we can't be ignorant that we are in a in a battle. And that battle is being waged, right, by spiritual forces that are literally, literally warring against the holiness of God. Oh, we have a shirt for that. No, we do have a shirt for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, better watch out. You're sounding like a theonomist. You gotta watch whoa, out. whoa, those, whoa! Uh, those anti-theonomist boys whoa. are going to come after us. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm in a. I'm, I may or may not be in a chat with some of my friends in Canada that uh, that is talking about these types of topics and they actually oh yeah they actually so this goes out this goes out to you you know who you are you might you'll hear this uh they, they were like well you won't stone you, you you wouldn't stone your child for disobedience and i'm like well does that mean i shouldn't like is that an argument saying that i shouldn't stone my child for disobedience and here's the reality i'm the one that's responsible for training my child up in the nurture and admonition of the lord why would I stone my child for disobedience when it's my job to help them to be obedient? Why do we? Yeah. It, there's a reason we don't have any instance of this anyway. It's neither here nor there. Yeah. I'm just saying it started to make me. It started to make me think. Maybe if we treated the holiness of God as the whole as the actual holiness right, right righteous standard, like there's a, there's some consequences to that. Yeah. This is coming from a guy who's not a theonomist. I just happen to like to defend whatever whatever contrarian point is. I had a debate. <laughs> I'm more of a contrarian than anything else, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, take on that by the way in family shepherds is pretty good because it's not just like oh you disobeyed now we're gonna kill you um that there's an escalation (laughs) of course there um, is and it has to be pretty severe just like and it's just like in church discipline like when you talk about church how many people don't even like that's even new testament and people are like well that just seems mean let's not do any church discipline we just did church discipline this past sunday it's not easy and um <laughs> but we're it, like wait it, a second i got to talk to them <laughs> i got to hold a yeah. conversation with them yeah well it's but, it, there's a there's so much purification done for the nation of israel and it's always it's always with dealing with sin right 
Like, how many times has yeah. God had to say, no, cast them out and stone them. They are defiling you. You are being defiled before me and my righteous holiness. That's what's happening right now. If you allow that to live and go on and survive, it is a cancer that will destroy you. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's how that's how God's holiness is. Um, and I am, just to be clear, um, I'm not going to say that I'm not a theonomist. I'm definitely going to say that I purposefully don't necessarily gravitate towards camps of things. <laughs> yeah. Well, am I non-committal? Truth- is that what I am? Especially not yeah. camps of Philistines. I mean, just, what a yeah. terrible <laughs> camp to approach. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. Man. Oh, my gosh. But uh, so, so what if someone what if someone comes up and and, you know, they they heard Dan on our podcast, you know, say, you know, I would I would take up arms i would defend the life of my family and they're like whoa 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 you can't kill another human being is is there any sort of biblical biblical framework or biblical justification for actually taking up arms either in self-defense or otherwise is there a bi- yeah. are you saying is there did i yeah i just I, was, I reading, was segueing guys i was, I was, I was segueing oh, yeah. to the other topic i feel like i just read a pass <laughs> well I, re- I didn't actually read the passage i did yeah. directly reference the passage where he calls the disciples to literally buy a weapon <laughs> Yeah. They didn't have. Turns out they didn't have guns back then. <laughs> First off, if a gun costs as much as one of my coats, I would be selling like so many. Coats. <laughs> so many I would just coats. Like, not have coats. <laughs> <laughs> when if I could buy a gun for the price of my coat, I would totally be doing that right now. <laughs> yes. Um, In Minecraft. I mean, that's a nice coat for whatever coat you've got there. That's a really nice yeah. coat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, there's probably a coat that would buy me a uh, you know high point heat cannon for 150 bucks. Hey, oh uh, yeah, but, definitely, you know, 100 percent, 100. No, I would say to answer your question, brother, uh, the first one I go to that's just the clearest, easiest is Exodus 22, two through three, uh, where it says, if a thief is caught in the act of breaking into a house and is struck and killed in the process, the person who killed the thief is not guilty of murder. Uh, so at the very least, we have an, an op- an, a very clear example there of a man defending his home is not guilty of murder. Uh, but I think we can go way beyond that. We can look at Nehemiah, where they're, they're, hold- they're taking up shields and bows uh, to protect themselves while they're building the wall. Um, man, we could, we could go just to the general understanding of 1 Timothy 5.8 and the, the provision of protection. That like um, provision is a... Is a is something that a man has to do. Well, I'm like, you know, if I, if I had no walls on my house and coyotes could run through and devour my children, well, I'm failing to provide protection. Like protection is built into uh, provision. And so I think we go on a lot of things and say, yeah, there, there's a place for this. Uh, I think it's a pretty ca- clear one. Psalm 144, one talks about God training hands uh, for war and fingers for battle. Uh, Psalm 1834 has a similar passage. Um, and we see the, the warfare in both the Old and the New Testament that is in many cases commanded. Uh, I, I don't think we can make a case for uh, classical pacifism from scripture. It's just not there. Yeah, no, that, yeah. That, that's always where I've, I've lined up. And, and again, I, I'm not inherently talking about um, offensive strikes here. Um, and I'm not, again, I'm not applying this to war theory. Uh, there's clearly an offensive defensive position to take in war strategically. Um, and the offensive defensive is also very, is a very important strategy in war theory. Um, but, but what I'm, what I am talking about here is the reality that for me, 
the the important thing for me is not to instigate violence because the the man that loves violence is is an is an unrighteous man. That's not what God calls us to to love. He calls us to love Him, which means I need to love righteousness, not violence. And and so what I'm speaking mostly, and I think consistently in Scripture, the the use of force in defense is not only it's not only permitted, it is it is uh, warranted, and in some cases simply the imperative. Um, to use force in defense of what you have been given responsibility of, and so that's the that, that's really the question. The questions we need to answer are not so much should we use force in the defense of what God has given. The question is what has God given you responsibility over? Mm-hmm. Um, I I, I struggle with I, I I struggle with like um like the need for the defense of the church. Like the church should have plans in place defensive plans so that that the the shepherd is keeping the sheep safe while they're attending gatherings while they are in meeting together um and i think i think we've seen wisdom play out in that in scenarios where we've had active shooter situations in churches and yeah. and th- there have been men trained and prepared to protect the flock that god has given mm-hmm. and that's important yeah. um when we just had uh, this past week, this was not a church situation, but in my hometown of Charleston, West Virginia, uh, a guy shows up with an AR-15 to perp- perpetrate some hurt on some people, and woman with a handgun, concealed carrier, uh, took him out, saved lives. Um, so we're, we know that that works, <laughs> right? Um, we've, we've got several church scenarios where that worked, and um, yeah, I'm with you 100%. I am, I am commissioned to protect the sheep. Uh, Amen. Better. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Right on. Man, I don't know. I, does that protect does the that, flock? Does that address your question? With the Glock. Oh my gosh. <laughs> flock with the Glock. Flock with. <laughs> uh, and and what happens if you carry a Walther? Uh, there's nothing that rhymes well with that. I, I as a pastor that take the Walther. To the altar. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, I, I don't know. As close as we can get. It's the uh, age. I'm going to have to change guns so that it rhymes or at least alliterates. Yeah. Can we'll we figure something out? We can. Uh, There's time. We got time. If you just just get, just act like the T the H is not there. It's like a silent and it's a Walter. You know, you just you just kick the, the H out. It's okay. Yeah. It's a Walter. Then you can have altar go no problem. Walter to it. the altar. Yeah, baby. Nice. <laughs> I just yeah. love uh, picking is... up the Bible and singing from the Psalter. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. I gotta... <laughs> oh my gosh. We need to someone cut this man off. Um <laughs> I think the hard part the hard part out of this show is having to tell people to seize the faith now after we've given a hard word. <laughs> it's a hard word. This is not easy yeah. stuff to contemplate and to process and to think through. Uh but but if we're not, I know this, I, I am 100% convinced of this, is if we are not thinking through these things, we are being unwise. We are acting as the fool. And, and we do not want to start opening up that gate to folly. Proverbs is very clear where that, where that, that gate takes you to destruction. Yeah. We want to keep that closed. And we want to, we want to be wise. Uh, and wise men start, right, with, with the fear of the Lord. Right, Amen. knowing him—that's where we're going to start. So we need yep. to open our words. We need to contemplate his families. We need to contemplate his churches, where these lines are, uh, uh, and and what what truly matters is we're called to care for our families and our churches and our communities. Amen. Yeah, buddy. 
Amen. Before we before we seize the faith, um, Dan, you you wear so many hats that if you were to tell somebody uh, a couple things that would be helpful or beneficial to them or their church uh, about you or that you're involved with, or how could we pray for you? Any resources you sure. might have? This is your pitch for oh man, good good biblical content because we know you got some. Man, you guys are great. Uh, I would say the big thing is undergroundseminary.net. We provide unaccredited master's level training and a subscription. And um, so some exciting things coming to there. We might move a little bit more into a more traditional format for those who want it. Um, But that's a great way to get really cheap uh, theological education. Um, That's it's been vetted. Uh, So that that's the big thing, man. I, I just promote that and we, we offer it really inexpensively to churches in bulk. Uh, so, yeah, would love to uh, to help anybody out with that, but that's the big thing. I wear a lot of hats, but um, equipping the saints is my favorite hat. Amen. By, <laughs> by far. Oh, man, I'm going to forget who said the quote. Um, <laughs> Mike Tyson. No, it was some... The, 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 quote is, the quote is, right? Shakira. If... if if you think you're called to be a pastor, but you could do anything else, then do that because you're not called to be a pastor. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. just the reality of the call of ministry. Yeah, that's probably yeah. neither, none of those people that I said. So. Uh, no, this uh, this is going back to like Spurgeon or one Kanye. The, no, not Kanye. <laughs> Yeezy? Did Yeezy say that? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's um, a good quote though. I do want to yeah. say I do want to say this. Uh, everyone's like. Oh, why would I? It's unaccredited. Why would I, why would I pay for that? You would pay for it because again, it's master's theological training, uh, and it's inexpensive master's theological training. Master's level theological. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like I confuse with master's seminary. Yeah, you know? Everybody wants a bit a little bit of Johnny master's Mac. level. Sorry, master's level. Um, and here's here's another thing that really bothers me. You do not need to be an accredited pastor. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just saying it's. You, what you do need is is training. Training is very yeah, helpful, and, and and to sharpen your sharpen your sword there, is is good because you need that sword to take care of the flock. So yeah, yeah. It's, well, and and we do work with a lot of churches. To I shouldn't say a lot of churches. We work with some churches to do ordination through our program. So allows allows somebody to say we've got a, a young guy that needs to be equipped. We want to equip him and send him out as our own guy, but we don't want to send him off to seminary and have him with a hundred thousand dollars of debt. So. We'll, we will help them provide the education for that ordination process. And it works. That is so wise. Look, Dan Sams is solving problems here, okay? Yes. Undergroundseminary.net. Get to it. Fixing America one bolt at a time. <laughs> <laughs> Just plodding along. But, <laughs> productivity, man. Productivity. Yep. <laughs> well, with that good, good Christian, Dan, by the way, we're just so glad to have you. And, uh, Brothers, I'm so encouraged by you guys. Thanks for having me on here. My my wife is gonna think I'm so much cooler now because I was on here. That's, stop it. Your wife your wife is a beautiful, beautiful person. Your your kids are gorgeous. You look good. I mean, this has been a pleasure. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. We, it's 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 late, and we're saying things we wouldn't otherwise say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I say these things anyway. This is baseline group banter right now. Well, uh, look, we gotta end this thing. At the uh, here, here's how it goes. All right. We have encouraged you this day 
to seize that we didn't do that right. What? What did you just do? I did mess it all up. I, I don't take know. Full responsibility that was like for a this. huge buildup, and then no. I got uncomfortable. I t- <laughs> am I, I was wait, like, am I supposed to say it with you? Right. Oh, I was confused. Ooh, I'm like, did you Dan, want Dan? Dan, let's try it. It's, what's going to happen is the Zoom's going to ruin it, but it doesn't matter. We're going with this. Okay. Here it is. Okay. Ready? All right. Dear Christian, we encourage you this day to seize, seize the faith. faith. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't have talked. I, I liked it. I liked it. <laughs> uh, what a wonderful thing.